live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. I uh, I want to start off by saying, hey, sorry, everyone. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, it's been a bit. It's been a tick. Add that interview about grief with Gabrielle Shiazawa. If you haven't gone back and listened to that, uh, I'm, I'm glad she was able to come in, be able to hear about uh, the success that she's having uh, along with her book. And and obviously, sorry to hear about the, the passing of her father, but a great episode on grief. If you haven't gone back and listened to that, we haven't done news in a good long while. So we're going to do both conference predictions as well as a conference report uh, in this episode. So look for our predictions to be spot on. I'm joined by Mr. Mayor. How are you, sir? I'm great. Yeah, I'm really good. Hey, my, good. my conference predictions should be, could be spot on because I missed most of it. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you down in Texas, I in rainy Utah. Uh, we've been praying all summer long for moisture. And I don't know if, you know, our prayers just broke through the ceiling or we finally were living righteous enough to be able to receive the answers to our prayers. But now I think it's because everyone used the word moisture. Yeah. Well, over and over again. So did we have to stop using the word moisture in order to well, get rain? No, I just, not, I just, he's omnipotent. He knows what we mean when we say moisture. Sure. I'm sure that I'm sure that's true. I'm sure. You, but I think that's the code word. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm sure all summer long, you heard lots of talk of moisture. Right. In every even even to the point, even to the point that, uh, you know, our governor, former guest of the cultural hall, Spencer Cox, asked people in our state to pray for rain. Yep. And uh, yep. Pray for rain. But I bet you most people said it. Please give us some moisture. (laughs) Moisture. Right. Yeah. Which Uh, which could mean could I've always thought which could mean just kind of a sweaty forehead. Yeah. Well. (laughs) And, and I think at the point that we've received as much rain as we've received now, it's not moisture anymore. Now, I think what we've received is saturation. And I don't That's think good. I can't remember the last time I heard a prayer when someone said, please bless us with saturation. I think that should be the new moisture. <laughs> yeah. We just got to read all the it. people who hate the word moist or moisture. Uh-huh. We have just freaked them out for the last few minutes. Yeah, but we won't do it. Here's the thing. Let, let's go down this road for a minute. Here is why we won't do that. One, tradition will stay with moisture because that's what's built into our vernacular. Two, think think right now as you say saturation, the mouthfeel of saturation. Saturate, saturate, saturate. Saturation. It's too much. Yeah. It's more than we want, more than we can expect, and, and quite quite almost literally more than we can handle. Yeah, and, and 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 saying just praying for rain is just too simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We gotta say something cool like moisture. Yeah, well, peculiar, something peculiar. Peculiar, like peculiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that being said, uh, uh, any anything new, exciting in your life? Anything fun? My uh, my book sales are starting to pick back up again because it's getting near Christmas, so that's nice. The name uh, of the book know, again? Tell people if they want to. Check Tales it out of a paper, Tales of a Paperboy: A Christmas Story. So that's mm-hmm. that's been picking back up again. I've been seeing those those tick up over the last uh, month or so, and they just keep it going. So that's good. But we, uh, I miss. Uh, so last weekend, I had my APM Australia Perth Mission reunion. 
in uh, uh, in in Salt Lake City. So I flew into Salt Lake City and saw a lot of people I knew from the mission, but few people I directly served with. Yeah, <laughs> because the people who I directly served with decided it wasn't. They didn't want to come, I guess. I don't know. But we had a great time and it was nice to get together and talk to all these guys from the mission. And um, what we were able to do is bring everyone from Australia or not everyone, but a large number of people over Zoom. And because I'm a video conferencing engineer by trade, I was able to bring equipment and we set up a room in the back where they could people could walk in and interact with people on the other side of the world. So that was really fun. And, and then, you know, we were able to, we did a little program and we were able to stream that live to them and in Australia. So I think it went over really well. So that was my big thing. And then we got in the car on the next day on general conference day, and we drove up to Boise because my friend, friend lives in Boise and he can't really travel. So several of my other friends, we, we just got together and these are my friends from, elementary school so we act like we're 12 when we're all together <laughs> so anyway that's my weekend it was fun Good for you but it sounds like a lot of church related things that you said made it so you didn't watch general conference yep yeah <laughs> didn't watch at all well that's not true i finally made it back to to ogden to my sister-in-law's house where i was able to watch when i say watch i meant mostly slept through the last session but i was awake enough to hear the temples <laughs> nice 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 yeah i mean pr pretty crazy uh general conference i think we'll get into that a little bit in news i mean not a lot necessarily of news coming out of general conference but a few things i think we can talk about especially knowing that i i as i know you i think you then go back now and sort of listen to them one at a time or go back and kind of not research them, but search them out. And my personal study for the next few weeks will always is this way whenever general conference. Now it'll be reading or listening for the first time instead of the second time, which is normally what happens. So then do you do it a, then what would normally be a third time, but a second time in this instance, because you didn't have the first go around and people always say you gain more the second time around. Yeah. So I, I'll sometimes go on individual talks a third time mm -hmm. but usually the second time is to kind of because when you hear it the first time on general conference you're, you're just soaking it in and it, it takes the second time to really yeah. kind of lock it in yeah and that's when i like then i really drill down on the third time like those talks that i cannot stand out to me and mm -hmm. and 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 then there's always the inevitable i have to teach one of the talks even if it, you know so then i'll you'll be a fourth time if i have to teach one or something so uh, you know, sort of interesting couple things to pick up from what you just said. So the uh, reunion, how many people you served in Australia, Perth, how long ago and how many people showed up at that? About, only about 30, 40 people here in Salt Lake, but we had about 50, 60 people in Australia. So altogether, 70 people. Um, we were hoping for 50 to 60 people. We kind of thought we had commitments for more than that, but for whatever reason, some of it is we did, you know, it's the night before general conference and it's the Utah state BYU game. And so there's a lot of reasons why people don't, don't come. We were, we were kind of hoping for a few more than that. We have, a, a and you know, there's like 400 possible missionaries that could have shown up. Sure. You know, which I, to say we contacted all 400, I would, I would say we probably only were able to get in contact with maybe, 250 200 of them mm -hmm. so 
you know, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of work. We started back in May. We thought, oh, we can do this. We started clicking off the names. And by the time August hit, we're like, we can't, I mean, there's not much, we can't do much more than we've done. We've worked really hard all summer to get just the people we've contacted and it, and people have moved on to, it's hard to track, track them down. So every contact usually took like, Hey, do you know where this guy is? And do you know where that sister is? And it just takes a long time. So yeah. unless they're already on Facebook, we have a Facebook group. And unless we already had their email, it was, it's a really, really hard process to find people who, some of them don't want to be found. We found a few that didn't want to be found. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering how much that played into it. We did a reunion. So I served in Ohio, Cleveland. We did a reunion probably about 10 years ago or so and actually had a ton of people. Uh, our mission presidents were moving, I think, to Missouri, as ironic as that might have been. Uh, but everybody got together and there was probably, I mean, we similarly probably within the time of these mission presidents would have had you know, 300, 400, maybe even 500 potential missionaries that could have been there. And we probably had 150 missionaries at this particular reunion. It was, it was pretty insane as far as that goes. And it was really funny because most everyone brought their spouses. And at the time I had not been married the first time. And so I guess that's longer than 10 years ago. It's about 11 or 12 years ago. And, um, and I was there and, you know, just sort of visiting and having a good time and, and, an elder and it's funny that this kind of thing happens but i think it happens in any sort of social structure uh an elder who i did not get along very well with was there right he wasn't like a bully or anything like that but i for whatever reason i must have done something in the pre-existence at some point that just really made him mad and was not liked by him in the mission but uh, because of the job that I had at the time, I was working for the, the morning show that shall not be named previously morning show, uh, you know, in, in a way, it was like being a little bit of a local celebrity. And this guy, this elder's wife was a huge fan, not only of the show, but a huge fan of me. And when I had spoken about that, I was going to a mission reunion and this is where it was. She had been listening and then asked her husband, is this guy, a guy that you served a mission with? And he knew very much that he did not care for me and that it was the same person. So night of the reunion, I'm visiting and I see this, this elder who doesn't like me very much. And I see him coming toward me and I guess a little like a bully, I was like, oh, no, is he going to get hit? Is he going to hit me? I'm counting the change in my mind that's in my pocket. How much change do I have? I just give it to him. And he comes over and he's like, hey, man. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, yeah, I don't I don't get it. And I don't, would would you take a picture with my wife? <laughs> and I just was like, yes, of course. Like, I've never had an issue with you at all. It's fine. Let's. And so she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. And the whole time he's just, you know, he's loathing he just... every second of it and almost like flames on every, you know, bit of his face. And I just was like, yeah, great. Thanks for listening. Nice to meet you. Oh, my gosh. Your husband worked really hard and he did. And I wasn't being like, you know, overtly kind. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, yeah, Pandering. He's a, he's just a great guy. That's it. I, I don't know what happened uh, beyond that. We haven't had a reunion since, and it's been, you know, 20 years since I've been home. That seems like forever. My goodness. Yeah. I think the last reunion we had was, I want to say it was 2000, 2000. It was before I was married. Uh, so 2000, maybe. 
Yeah, geez. Geez. Yeah. All right, I'll plan another reunion. I got nothing else going on. One thing nice we did do is, so we've had a lot of, and and I'm sure all missions are like this in some way. We've had a lot of people who went through a lot of tough things after the mission. Mm -hmm. One of them was highlighted in general conference. His name was Troy Russell, and he he backed over his son, um, an elder, he was in one of Elder Holland's talks a few years ago. And then the church did a, uh, a thing on him. Well, um, so, and then a whole bunch of other, you know, people have just gone through hell, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, my estimation is that hell doesn't exist on the other side. It's it's all here. We're in sure, it. Sure, um, I've been there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. They And so we uh, did this video that I put together where I got a lot of these, these people, um, these elders and sisters on from across the world and, we, I just asked them questions like, what did, uh, what did the, what did you learn on your mission that helped you through everything? Not everyone had a problem like Elder Russell, but you know, everyone's had life problems. Sure. So I had this group of, of missionaries that we did that with, and it, it, that video turned out to be really, really well received because basically the idea being the mission, we called it a mission for the rest of our lives. And so mm. the, what, what, uh, what they learned on the mission and the testimony they built on their mission kind of you know, is what got them through the, some of the toughest things that, you know, anyone would go through. So that video was really well received and we were able to play that. We did that because to do a programs, you know, we did a little bit of a program where, you know, but the people on the far side, they, they just didn't feel like they were part of it. That way I, I could get them and pre-record some comments from people on the other side of the world and 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 it, it ended up being it was one of those that I was cutting the video mm-hmm. and multiple times of the video, like I had to stop because I like I can't see the screen because I'm crying <laughs> so much. <laughs> so it was interesting. You said the other side at one point and I was like, wait, like dead people. That's awesome. Yeah. He teleconferenced oh. in dead people. We brought in dead people. Everyone in Australia is dead. Yeah. They don't really exist. They're all I've seen lost. I know I've seen lost. Yeah. They took the That's... flight. The flight didn't actually make it and they're dead right. or are they? Let's spend six seasons as we meander through a script. Uh, I should mention that for the next couple of weeks, at least, for those of you um, that are like, man, the Cultural Hall used to put out two episodes a week. We'll get back there, I promise. Uh, I'm moving, which is hard and time-consuming. In addition, we um, we picked been up... and pounding up drywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been breaking up the new house, uh, stripping that down to the bare bones so that I might be able to build it up better than it ever was. Uh, but that's just part of it. I have to move out of my current house and pack everything up. Uh, that's been a pain. I had to find a place to rent in this market, which also super fun and, you know, not complaining, but only to say that it's part of the reason, uh, like business has been really good. Lots of weddings, lots of community events, um, as it stands right now, uh, you know, in the month of October, I'll be in town about 20 days of October and 17 of those nights I have events. So it's, it's insane. Uh, and, Are you doing any out of town stuff? Are you coming to Texas? Uh, not coming in the month of October. No, in, uh, in June, July and August of 2022, traveling to um, Wyoming three different Ooh. times and three different places. Uh, so That's- some weddings around uh, Jackson Hole, uh, the Tetons, and then one in, in a really small community. But traveling around a bunch, that's part of it. Traveled a bunch in August and September. And uh, just at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's not 
enough time to do all the things. And I'll also say this, and I appreciate Andrew being able to be here. There's a, a little bit of me that, especially as I look at doing news, that it's hard knowing that it's not going to be Brother Kyle on the other end. That's no sort of slight to you or Annette Luthie Lyon or any of the folks that would step in and be able to help out. Um, it, but it, there, it, it's sort of a reminder of like, oh, yeah, Kyle, who is still around and doing well. Uh, he did the Iron Man. He, you know, is raising money like crazy for ALS. And I can put a link in the show notes for where people can help out with that. But, but there is something that to be like, oh, this is a thing that we did almost weekly. And it was so funny and all these things. And, and I just, I'm mourning that loss and I'll be back. That's all. And, and I don't take that a, a slight in any way. I know I'm a poor replacement for brother. Oh Kyle. no, not a poor replacement. It's just no one can be Kyle. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, it, you can't think of me as a replacement. I'm a poor replacement for Kyle. I just have to be my own thing. I'll do my own thing and I'll be, I'll be a great Andrew Mayer. But I Mr. can't Mayor, be a great. Please, it'll be a Mr. Great Mayor. Mr. That's Mayor. right. I forget. Yeah, I'm a great Mr. Mayor. I'm not a great brother, Kyle. Yeah, maybe one day you'll be a governor. But for right now, you stay there, Mr. Mayor. Let's uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to bestdjinutah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T, and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes. Point is, uh, you know, you, you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the cultural hall mind blown if you are in need of a dj at all or someone in your families get married would like to be able to talk to me i would love to be able to talk to them it's best dj in utah.com hi friends dan the laptop man here from pc laptops i get a lot of emails from people all the time here's one dear dan i hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee free really Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical. Hi, skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But, you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC laptop's desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, Skeptical. 
Here in the second half, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. You guys, let's just start by saying uh, a general conference to be remembered in that I've heard several people have listened to several different podcast recaps, uh, different people talking about it and saying, you know, this this fifth session we're doing, it made Sunday seem a little bit longer. And I don't know if everyone was like, you know, really invested and really watched more of Saturday than they typically do. But I heard at least more than half a dozen people who said by the Sunday morning session, they felt fatigued because the uh, third session or the Saturday night session now, as it was off again, on again, on again, off again, uh, ended up being on and being just another session like the rest of them. Uh, people were like, wow, OK, I didn't get ice cream with just the men or just the women last night. And now here we are doing another session. I think I think that's probably the most disappointing thing is not being able to go with your the men and go. We always went to a burger joint beforehand here. Mm-hmm. I think if people there's a social aspect to it that that because you were you did the priesthood session or the women's session, you kind of did. And even when it was the priesthood session, a lot of I, I think there's probably a lot of restaurants who probably uh, and, and ice cream shops that like noticed a significant drop in their their normal night time for a general conference because of that was just a general session not yeah one or the other i'm just I, it's kind of interesting i'm constantly surprised that i never saw this this doesn't mean it didn't happen um but that there was never an ice cream shop here in utah which i think is maybe one of the only places you could do it maybe the philippines maybe uh you know maybe idaho where the ice cream shop just sort of streams general conference to their location and opens it up so that people can have ice cream and watch general conference. That that's right. They should just do that. They should just make a general. I mean, if I was, yeah, they do it at bars for, for um, sporting events. Why not do it at ice cream shops for uh, general it, conference? It sounds a little silly, but I really am wondering why they haven't done it. Maybe it's a rights reserved kind of thing. I, I don't know. Um, it, it was interesting um, watching General Conference and seeing um, Brad Wilcox, previous guest of the uh, Cultural Hall. He spoke, uh, and people can find that interview at the culturalhall.com. That's the first time he spoke in General Conference, isn't it? Uh, I believe I, it is. I'm not sure. I thought he spoke last time, too. Maybe, but I actually, someone told me that, and I was like, really? I swear he spoke. He speaks, and I've heard him speak uh uh, online and everything else for so often, I, I guess I assumed he'd spoke more in general conference. So even if it was, he spoke last time and this time, that's not very many times yet. No. I, in my mind, it seems like he's been speaking at general conference for a long time. Well, well, <laughs> that's a compliment. It, yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, what I like about it too, is that uh, he and a few others, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're not uh, business leaders first and speakers second, like part of who, Brad Wilcox is, is a speaker. So when you get someone like that, it, it's the nearest thing to paid clergy that I think that, that we'll get not the paid part, but the, you know, professional clergy that Brad for years uh, has been a teacher, but also, you know, done these time out for women, uh, done these talks for Deseret book that have been recorded and released like he, that is what he is used to doing. So if you found yourself sort of enjoying uh, his talk, 
more than maybe others. The reason why is because he is trained professionally within that. And then also my old boss, Michael Dunn, Elder Michael A. Dunn, uh, he spoke and um, that felt like being in a work meeting a little bit because that would be the kind of thing that he would talk about. And if you missed, he was the one that that talked about like the I forget the exact wording that he used, but you know, making the the micro changes that make a big difference, right? You do like one percent today, be a little bit better today than you were tomorrow, uh, be a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. Oh, you know all that stuff, and uh, and also I had the comment that if anyone really really loved Elder Dunn's talk, what I felt like it was was sort of a book report on this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Like it is, it was almost it, even to the example of the Great Britain cycling team, which is cited in that particular book. If you want to know more about what he was talking about, which isn't to say his talk was great, which isn't to say the principles aren't sound, which isn't to say that we shouldn't do it. But I came away going, hey, does he have to give credit to Brother Clear for a minute? James Clear, not uh, a member of the church, but it, but it sort of felt like he had gotten real jazzed about that book and then said, guys, you got to check out this book. I'll here. Let me give you a uh, couple of principles from it. No. Yeah. I, I don't remember his, again, I, I missed his talk. So I'll be, I'll be pleasantly surprised when I actually read his talk. I shouldn't have tainted it like that for you. Um, we did get temples, so we should go there. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm sad. I'll, I'll do my best. And I know why you're sad. I had my fingers crossed. Um, but uh, Kaosh, uh, I'm not even going to be able to say these, am I? Kaohsiung, uh, Taiwan, Taklaban City, Philippines, Monrovia, Liberia, Kananga, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Antananarivo, Madagascar, Culiacan, Mexico, Vitoria, Brazil, La Paz, Bolivia, Santiago West, Chile, which is significant. That's another temple in the Santiago area. Fort Worth, Texas. We'll come back to it, Mr. Mayor. Cody, Wyoming, Rexburg, North Idaho, and Heber Valley, Utah. Uh, that rounds out the temples. And you want to talk about Texas because that's where you live. Yeah, so it's one of those. We, we've been praying to have a temple in Texas, and we got it. Mm -hmm. It's just the wrong city. We, yeah. you know, It was like, please, Texas. And they gave it to us exactly. I should have been more specific in my prayers. There, there's Austin. One Austin, there's one, Texas. there's one in Dallas, right? Already. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how we feel. It's like Fort Worth, Dallas is the same area, right? So it's obviously there's a lot more people up there than in central Texas and Austin. Uh -huh. So, so that they, yeah, they we can make an argument that they deserve one, mm -hmm. but <laughs> couldn't they have put it in like Waco? So it's a little closer to us. That's only like, that's a, anyway, but Waco is not very very big compared to the rest of it so i well, just wish it, they'd shove it down in the middle between us but so so now there's two the fort worth and dallas is a little bit north and then what san antonio picks up the south yeah we're in the san antonio temple um district uh which is two hours south of us mm -hmm. and fort worth and, and dallas are both three hours north of us so mm -hmm. san antonio is still the closest one okay okay well keep it up Talk to your neighbors. Well, I'm the ward mission leader, so it's up to me, right? Yeah, it's yes. all up to me. Yes. We got to get these missionaries baptizing. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Um, it's funny to know that the amount of science that goes into temples, like people that are attending the temple and how far they have to go. And 
like wards, stakes, etc., that are assigned to the particular temple. And that's why places like Santiago West got another temple, why Rexburg got the second temple, is because, sure, th- that community already has a temple. And people are like, well, how come they get another one? We could use it here. But it's bursting at the seams. And, and that's just not the case in other places. I was really surprised, and this is maybe a little bit more Utah-centric, which I try not to do, uh, Harriman. Utah, which is in the southwest corner of the Salt Lake Valley, has just exploded. Yeah. They just announced. You think they get one one there, even though there's the one over in Daybreak? What yep. set I mean, to... the the Ochre Mountain Temple? Ochre Mountain Temple. Yeah, you'd think that Harriman would get one sooner. Eagle Mountain is another place where you think sure. they could easily get a temple. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it. It's it's interesting to see where they you know the Lord wants wants his temples yeah and and some of it has to do with growth some of it has to do with accommodating you know you know you know where people are so I wouldn't want to be the person always making those decisions those they're probably pretty tough decisions and stuff to make so well and even beyond that uh, what I think is even more fascinating there's a guy who lives in my stake who he's the one who helps procure the property for the church. Oh, that's like the actual places where the temples are built. And he talks about how there are lots of places that they've been like, hey, let's find a temple in this essential area, you know, like, say, for example, Harriman or Eagle Mountain. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, well, and Tooele is a good example because they found it and then they had to move it because people got upset. Like just being able to like once the inspiration has been given to like, let's find it in this particular area, then finding land that you know you can have a building that's so tall that has so much green space that has great access that is close to the freeway or you know major roadway or public transportation so people can get there and all of these other considerations that i think i think sometimes it's just the general membership of the church we go hey why didn't we and there's the perfect spot right here yeah and everyone else not always the perfect spot exactly um it's nice to see the Leighton Temple. I was, my sister-in-law lives like around the corner from the Leighton Temple. So, you know, when I went and visited her over the weekend, it's nice to see how far along it's come. That's kind of fun. Well, it, and it's also nice to know that uh, some of these temples are reopening, like the Mesa Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you can schedule now and, uh, and do the, uh, the uh, visiting of the Mesa Temple, which I think is a huge deal. Um, they've opened it up and you can be able to get the tickets for that. Also a uh, temple in Idaho. I want to say, well, I was going to well. say that Rexburg, essentially the Rexburg is going to get a second temple. So, you know, they all, because Rexburg needed two. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, and they, and they did, uh, I was talking yeah. to someone uh, who goes to BYU now, but went to BYU, Idaho and said, yeah, trying to go to the temple. On, on any sort of early time of night or on the weekend at all was nearly impossible. So, Oh, and they're going to shut down the Provo Temple, which yeah. is similar in that regard because so many missionaries, I mean, that temple is just just crazy busy because partly because there's a lot of members and partly because of the missionaries. So they're going to be shutting it down when the Orem Temple's finished is what I, I, I heard. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be interesting. MTC missionaries won't be able to go to the temple probably as often while they're at the MTC. My guess, no. My guess they'll have buses. They yeah. will. They will systemize that. Once yeah, but it MTC won't be is... as easy access. Oh you yeah, can't no. Walk across yeah. the street and yeah. just go and. Yeah, 
it won't be as easy, but it will be as frequent because it was built into the schedule. You'll be able to go out to the bus, go to the temple, come out. And then the new thing, instead of chalking the sidewalk between the MTC and the temple, will be putting signs up on the bus route between the MTC yeah. and the Orem Temple. And if people think I'm joking, that's actually a thing. You would look for messages in chalk on the sidewalk from your girlfriend or your family or whatever the thing may be. Uh, let's bust through a bunch of other news just real quick. I saw, uh, you know, Chad and Lori Daybell. They're back in the news again. Um, Chad, who, uh, man, if you don't know about this scenario, these two people were married to other people. Chad was writing a bunch of books, uh, sort of like doomsday and prepping and all that kind of stuff. And and as it appears, Lori fell in love with them. And then suddenly both of their original spouses what happened? Well, they were killed. He just died somehow. Uh, I think that if I'm correct, and we'll have to get our friend Nate Eaton from uh, the East Idaho News, but if I am correct, um, they have now performed the autopsies on each of their original spouses, and it is marked as suspicious. It is not, you know, the just general causes. Uh, and so they're being investigated. And I think I think they both have been charged with the murder of their spouses. If not, that's certainly something that's coming soon. But the latest news in the whole case is that Chad, uh, that is Chad Daybell, he um, he got approved to have his case moved out of Madison County uh, and will be moved to Ada County, the county that Boise, the capital of the, the state of Idaho, is in. They're going to do it there because he's like, listen, everyone in this county has been following Already this believes. story. Uh, you know, there's no way I can get a fair trial. So they're moving it up to Ada County where uh, Boise is. So pretty, pretty crazy in, in that story. Uh, 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 well, and, and didn't Lori get um, like, uh, like mental health accommodations on her trial, something like that? Yeah, I, I think I think delayed a little bit because delayed, of mental yeah. health. Yeah. You know. But again, we'll get a much more in-depth uh, thing. I'll, I'll sit yeah, down I'm definitely for, not the one. Nate Eaton is the one. For an upcoming episode so we can get the latest and the not at all the greatest. Oh, my gosh. These are horrible people. Update. Uh, I can't be any unbiased in any way at all about this. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely yeah. killed their kids and they killed everyone around them or they had them killed. I, I just could not sit on that jury and be an unbiased opinion on it. it. I'm it, straight up. It, and it's just so, it's so maddening the way that religious um, zealousness is woven throughout, uh, you know, what happened with them. And it's, it, it, it's scary because you see, I mean, certainly not levels of that, but you see levels of zeal within your congregations, those people that you know, you know, they they just believe so passionately and all it takes is, you know, someone very gregarious, someone, you know, whatever to lead them askew. And then, boom, wh where are they at? Not not where they thought they were going to be at, but certainly I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've got it's... this. I've got this story I want to share. Uh, President Nelson has a uh, Spanish only social media account, Spanish Ooh. only President Nelson Instagram account. He, of course, is multilingual, Spanish being one of his languages. We shared here in an episode in the past about so how it's not, spoke... it's not someone translating for him. It's actually him doing it. It's not translated at all. It's all in Spanish. So it's not Spanish to English. No, I mean, English but he's not Spanish. English to Spanish. Yeah, it's just yeah. he just does it straight to just Spanish. Straight in Spanish. 
And so uh, that that's pretty exciting. You can find that account if you know the Spanish or you spoke the Spanish on the mission uh, at russellmnelson.esp. And I'm thinking that the ESP is not the extrasensory. Uh, what does the P in that stand for? I can't remember. Perception. Perception. It's not that. It's for Espanol. So russellmnelson.esp to follow that. What stories do you have, Mr. Mayor? So I got to always talk about the Tabernacle Choir. They, so they, you know, they've been rehearsing live for the first time in 19 months uh, under the direction of the new choir president, former governor, Utah, Utah Governor Michael Levitt. Um, so that's big news. And they performed at General Conference. So it was nice, even though few people, if any, were in the congregation at conference. It was nice to have a subset of the Tabernacle Choir singing. And it seems like from what I read or think I read in, while I'm driving up and down, you know, in, to Boise, mm-hmm. um, that they uh, part of the choir sang at different sessions, but they didn't they, they had a rotating group. So they were mo- several, at least two groups, some on Saturday, some on Sunday, I think something like that. There was also a, a multicultural choir from yes. northern Utah, which I love how we hear that. And we can't just enjoy the music. We have to go, well, what does northern Utah mean? Is that, you know, Salt Lake and above where, you know, people start getting on the Internet as far as that goes. And like, what does this mean? And then multicultural. This is the part that I thought was cool. It, it was, I think, a dozen languages that were spoken by the people who were there from like 39 different countries that were a part of this multicultural choir that was for one of the sessions. And I just, I, the more we can do that. Yes, please. All of those things. One thing that one of the, well, aside from hearing, you know, the prophets speak, but one of my favorite parts of, of conference is always the tabernacle choir. And I really love the different and like the multicultural choir here or the, the father, son choir or the all of, women choir i love those kind of groups that they they bring down from the the idaho boise stake and they all come down and sing or whatever it is that they they do those are my those are some of my favorite things and they always do some fun renditions but there's there's i mean there's i think there's something about and i've participated in one and there's something about the them being singing at where the mormon tabernacle or the tabernacle choir temple square um, brings a great spirit in, but they're used to it. It's it's kind of fun to see some of the reactions on people's faces as they're singing for the first time in right. in the conference center. I know for me it was it was quite an emotional thing. And a few years ago, there was a young boy who, you know, the, of course the cameras definitely pointed out as he's just tears are coming down his his face. It is it to me it's one of the one of the more spiritual things that they do is when they bring uh, those groups in that they'll probably their only time they'll ever sing at the, you know, conference center. And it's awesome. Yep. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that spring of 2022, are we back in the conference center, limited capacity, full capacity, or are we doing it the way that we've been doing it the last four sessions? If I had to put my bet on, we're going to, we're going to, they're going to be back in the conference center. There may be a, a limited capacity, but I don't think it'll be the general congregation. It'll be wives and families or something like that of, of the general authorities. That's how I think that's so my, that's my, that's friends my and family only. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Friends and family only. Um, I think it's going to be at least till a year from now before we start seeing a limited group 
actually come in come in that's a bold take i'll say i'll say six months april 2022 i'm betting we're 50 percent capacity in the conference center all we'll right go. we're gonna throw down money on this one yeah. <laughs> god, one penny yeah god god in heaven is really uh you know happy that we're betting on attendance at general conference great guys <laughs> you guys got the point thanks you yeah, sure thanks. Thanks for studying and thanks for uh, knowing what this is. Uh, as only Utah can do, there is a um, an art uh, installation at Utah Valley University. It's called Marrow. And obviously that has some religious implications to people when you hear that word. But, you know, the marrow, the nutrients that are inside the bones, the, the, the very things that, if we can be so glib as to say, nourish and strengthen our body. Um, there is uh, this art installation uh, of pictures of different uh, jello salads and other staples of uh, food for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's called they have funeral potatoes on there. Uh, of course. Frog oh. eye salad as well. Frog eye salad. Yep. Uh, that's all, crazy. All they have jello these... with carrots and cheese on top. Of course. And, oh. and they're beautiful pictures. They're beautiful um, creations. That uh, J Daniel George, who was the one who uh, researched and then did this, um, but put it all together. It's called Marrow, and people can be able to see it. You can see it online, too. I'll provide a link in the show notes for people to check it out. But just kind of a fun only in Utah thing. Uh, another thing that we do that I feel like is sort of odd, and if you're not following the Cultural Hall on Facebook, I pointed this out a bunch in this last week. When we, when we talk about... Um, things in pounds that aren't measured typically in pounds. So for example, when you donate food, typically it's, we gather 10,000 pounds of food and it was able to be, you know, donated to the food bank of Utah, whatever, right? That, that, that's okay. Where it starts to get weird to me is when it's like, we donated 10,000 pounds of clothes <laughs> we donated and and so far to some all been socks but we yeah. don't ten thousand yeah. pounds of clothes yeah like i think in that way it should be measured like you know we're able to clothe a thousand people um you know sort of more of the benefit because pounds i it it means less to me when it's pounds of clothes um but uh members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints they did a, a recent um study uh and this information was released from the American Red Cross that said, hey, you know what? You, you, you members of the church, you donate more blood than any other organization, which stands to reason. I mean, you can't throw a stone in the state of Utah without having a blood drive at a ward or steakhouse on any given, you know, Saturday. But, but why don't we measure blood in pounds? Why don't we say how many pounds of blood Leaders. we donate? Yeah, I think pints. Pints is how pints they do it. Yeah, but they should do it in pounds. Yeah. How much does that weigh? Because because if we're going to... Because a pint of blood would weigh probably more than a pint of water. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah, let's see. I know that an ounce of prevention weighs more than a pound of cure. <laughs> well, there's so more stuff in blood than just water, so I imagine it's heavier, right? Well, but a pound is a pound, but a pint may be... As it stands, though, I found out how much a pint of blood weighs... It's just over just over a pound because I said, can't we measure pints in or how much we donate in pounds? And someone very generously said, Hey, I'll find out. 
and found out that it's just over one pound a piece per pint. So we could technically, once we find out how many pints of blood were donated, be able to convert that to pounds and be able to keep everything in donations in pounds. Yeah, because it's important to keep them in pounds. Yes. So with along donations, there's there's this group in Houston. Uh, Latter-day Saint women are making differences for refugees. Um, and, and actually, this kind of carries on up to Austin. My wife has been uh, helped with a lady in our ward who, who participates in this. And um, uh, I guess the Refugee Services for Texas, they've, they've done a, uh, basically built a small army. And many of them are Latter-day Saints who are joined in to do this. Um, in Houston, there's at least 50 Latter-day Saint women um, who've donated their time. And what, what they do is the, the Refugee Services for Texas will provide the apartment, but then they, these, these, these ladies go out and find all the furnishings and everything else to go in the apartment and bring it in and set it up and take care of my wife. Uh, we donated, we, you know, we, we donated a little bit. And when we went over to donate, it was our former relief society president. So my wife got involved and she went down and helped set up this apartment and everything else. She just did the one. Mm -hmm. Most of these are doing apartment after apartment after apartment. And it's really it's a really cool thing that they're doing as people are needing to, this service and needing the place to be um, after being left countryless from Afghanistan and other places in the world. So, yeah, it's it's quite a cool um, service that they're bringing. Well, and just fascinating to know the sheer amount of those individuals. I think uh, that there will ultimately be somewhere in the neighborhood of almost 100,000 refugees that will yeah. be brought to the united states and and hopefully sheltered they'll be brought at other places as well um but those that are heeding that call of just a few years ago i think it was a general conference talk where it was like we need to care for our refugees and the way that different states have have really adopted that again to mention uh former guest of the cultural hall and governor of the state of utah spencer cox said hey send us the refugees well let's do it we'll take care of them what do we got what do we need how many when can they be here? So, you know, and another one along those same lines, I'll just get two in right now because they're related. Um, and I, I see this one and it makes, I'm a sci-fi fanatic, you know, and I like Marvel stuff and, and Star Wars and, and this one relates. I just think of Dune when I see this one, it says local church collects spice donations. And I think of spice, the, 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 the thing that they, they are trying to get in Dune. It's basically kind of turned into a money um, monetary form. But anyway, they, they're, they're collecting spice donations to help with these refugees. Because when they come here, the food that we that they they're expected to eat. I mean, we, we our palate is so different than what they, they have. So one of the things they're doing is they're collecting the spices. So they have uh, they can cook the way they're used to cooking and be able to have the and they can have some element of feeling like you know they they lost their country and they lost their homes and now they can at least have spices kind of like in lord of the rings when sam brings along his little spices so he can freshen up whatever he's doing yeah yes you are a sci-fi nerd <laughs> i am a sci you this is this is just nothing <laughs> this isn't even anything but but what a cool service that these individuals are doing to be able to do it because think about it think about having to leave everything behind right like let's fly let's flash forward to missouri everyone we have to leave everything behind and we have to get our butts there let's you know are we 
Are we going to be bringing the 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 spices with us from where we left? You know, I don't know. I think I'd go in and at least pull down the salt and pepper. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I think, but everywhere <laughs> has salt and pepper. But but I mean, obviously trying to venture down the the road to be funny a little bit, but so cool that people are saying, you know what? What is something very little that we can do that can be able to um, help these people out? Yeah, it, it sometimes is in the little things because the you know the the apartments are being supplied by this the the Texas and, and other other services and a lot of the furniture can be procured through other means as well but when you really think about it it's it's sometimes the little things that can totally change someone's experience with uh with it having just a little bit of spice or having you know maybe a book to read or or you know just just someone to 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 welcome them and greet them, you know, those little things are, and if you think about them, and I don't want to get too uh, religious on a religious show, I guess. <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. But, um, you know, that, that, those are the kinds of things that um, Christ thinks of as well. Christ takes care of our big stuff, but he also takes care of the individual and the little things, the things that we care about. Um, he cares about because we care about them. And so I think it's the same way. Uh, I want to uh, go down the COVID road for just a quick minute. A couple things with that. One is that um, the first presidency of the church has said, hey, when you go to the temples, wear a mask. Uh, they made that sort of official uh, a mandate. This is a couple of weeks ago now, but said, you know what? When you're going, wear a mask. We're, we're asking you to wear a mask. And, and, and some people who in particular areas where maybe the mask mandate is not uh, or has not ever been a thing, uh, the temples, they're saying, yeah, no, wear one here, please. Um, they've also said, uh, you know, the religious exemption for um, for COVID vaccinations. They've said, hey, you know what? We're not doing that. We're, we're advising. I, I think it started with California bishops and stake presidents. Um, but the church has said, do, do not do this, bishops and stake presidents. Do not sign do not, you know, give permission. Do not give this vaccination. There's no exemption. religious, at least from an LDS perspective, there's no religious um, doctrine that teaches against masks. In fact, we teach to wear it and to get vaccinated, right? I don't think it's doctrine that say that, but we're encouraged to. So, But there's no doctrine against it. And so you can't use that. So don't. <laughs> and, and for people who... Uh... Maybe you're just real tired. Get the vaccination because I, I have never been so tired as when I got my vaccination shots. I didn't feel the <laughs> like the fatigue, like the, you know, like when I had the virus and that stuff, but it was like a sleep shot. I went and got the, the shots and both times I just was like, I'm getting very sleepy. And I, was, <laughs> I slept for five or six hours after each of them woke up and was just fine. Um, and, you know, now grateful to have that working through me, having that science inside of me that allows me to th think, you know, I still have to be careful. I still have to be considerate for other folks, but, you know, a less likely that I'm going to die from this disease, which is horrible, which I had. I, uh, my first shot kind of knocked me out. I felt like I had the flu for like 24 hours. And then mm -hmm. my second shot, hardly anything. Yeah. Yeah. My wife actually just got her second shot yesterday. 
and she's and I was sort of checking in with her because I want to make sure that everything is okay. She's like, my arm, my arm hurts. It's so sore. And I was like, anything else? And she's like, nope, not anything else. But but to that point, like as as we were going to sleep last night, it was so like sore to her that she had to do the shift a bunch of times to get mm-hmm. comfortable. You know, oh, that's oh, that hurt. Oh, oh, oh. Hopefully it's feeling better today. And then they're talking about booster shots. Mm hmm. So I will probably have, hopefully we'll just like go in and get our flu shot and our COVID shot and go home and move on. Yep, yep. Be fine. Both of my parents have already had their booster shots. I said, listen, you guys are of the age, you're of a population. This is the thing. And, the, and, and both in their, in their way that they are both said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got this. We're good. Thank you for taking care of us. I'm kind of hoping that when I get my booster shot, they can upgrade my microchips so that I could just use my credit card with my arm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, sci-fi nerd. Thank you. <laughs> it's coming. You know it's coming. Just pluck that microchip right in there and right in my forehead and in my hand. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, when you said microchip, I thought you were going to say microfilm because there is a couple cool things going on uh, with the church and church history. With microfilm. They just completed. Yeah, they just completed the, the, all the digitization of all the microfilm. Here's the here's my my problem with that. I have a real significant problem with that. Oh, come on. Is that it, we probably won't hear the word microfilm and microfish as often. Yeah. <laughs> See, and you're a microfish guy. I'm a microfish guy. I love fish. I love the uh, the way that that feels. Microfish. Microfish. Yeah, I was like, why did I? Yeah. I'm so glad we we actually don't have to hear those terms anymore. <laughs> They're all digitized. Hopefully they'll keep all the record. I'm sure they'll keep all the records in some hard form in the, the vault and in the, the side of the mountain, right? No, you know, yes. But what I love is the thing that you have then proposed by what you just said, like that there are some people who think, now nah, we scanned it, throw them out. Why are we hanging on to these things anymore? Like they're they're weighing it out. Like so much of what I've done as I've been moving is I'm like, hey, I'm going to take a picture. This will bring me joy. Then I'm throwing this thing in the garbage. Like, right. yeah, I always scanned them. Does anyone know why we should keep these things? Nah, I got no reason. Well, can you imagine if the church did that with everything? Like, you know, oh, look at this, this uh, old hat of Joseph Smith from the, you know, we're, we're going to yeah. be renovating things. They're like, we'll just take a picture of it. <laughs> toss it. Toss that thing just, out. I could just throw that in the dumpster. That, that. If they did that, that dumpster dive would be quite the. <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty awesome, actually. That is quite the dumpster dive. Uh, uh, anything else? It seemed like there was another story around that as well. The two. So yeah, there's four... an index. Uh, so this is That's more of a personal story. So there's a a a lady, a young lady, seventy seven year old young lady named Carol mm-hmm. Dunkley, who um you know spent most of her life very physically active she's in queensland australia she's a gardener but she was diagnosed a few years ago in 2010 with parkinson's disease which really has limited her while she instead of just just kind of curling up in a ball and and letting that just kind of take over she has now indexed over a hundred thousand names wow um and just spent her time doing family history, especially with indexing. And I just thought it was a really cool story. It's kind of kind of one of those stories like along with Brother Kyle, where it's like, you could just get a diagnosis like that and say, well, I guess this is my life. I'll let people take care of me. And I'm sure there's there's 
there's things she she can't do that she used to do. But the fact that she said, you know what, I'm going to use this time to do something for other people and do something for the people on the other side of the veil. And she spent a hundred thousand. That's a lot of names. Yeah. And if I, I mean, I, I one time had this month where I did 30 and I thought I did a good job. <laughs> I was like, wow, I really worked hard. That yeah, month. yeah. Yeah. Got 30 done. So for her since 2010 to do a hundred thousand names. So anyway, that she's in Queensland, Australia. Um, you know, Probably someone from my mission probably knows her, but her name is Carol Bunkley. So I just wanted to give her a call out and shout out. Uh, a couple of legal things for the church. One, the uh, lawsuit from James Huntsman, who was uh, uh, suing, he filed this case in California, said, hey, you know what, guys, I'd like my tithing back. I paid tithing and I didn't feel like you were being honest with what it was being used for. Um, that, tr- that case has been dismissed. That is no longer moving forward. Most people sort of thought that it would be the way. Uh, there was some attention that was brought to it because um, the, the statement by then President Hinckley was always that um, tithing money was not used to build uh, City Creek Mall, which is in downtown Salt Lake. Uh, the church uses tithing money to you know, be able to support the people uh, within the church and those kind of things. And um, where the line was drawn was... Uh, you have the initial tithing funds, and then that money can accrue interest, that money can accrue gains and those kind of things, and that is the money that is used um, to build places like City Creek. And for a lot of people, they went, well, hey, that's splitting a hair. And other people went, well, of course, that's how they do it. How else would they have additional money to be able to do other things? Um, that was brought to to relight. Well, I think a lot of people knew that, um, but brought again to the light uh, through James Huntsman's case, which has now been dismissed. And also uh, the Boy Scouts it, of America. It can't be the last one, right? No, that's no, that'll gonna, come up again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Boy Scouts of America, um, they have, uh, as I understand it, filed bankruptcy and are working through some of that. Um, there are upwards of, I want to say, 66,000 uh, individuals who in the last 30 to 40 years, I'm sorry, no, 82,500 individuals who alleged that they were victims of sexual abuse during their time in the Boy Scouts. Now, this that isn't uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints specific, but where we we're one of the biggest, um, well, actually the biggest uh, organization that backed the the Boy Scouts of America. Um, you know, certainly there were a lot of members of the church included in that 82.5. And uh, as part of that, the uh, church offered to settle all of its current and future Boy Scout related claims, said, hey, you know what? We, we, there's, we recognize that this is a part of it. And here's what we would like to offer on the table. They offered $250 million to say, take this. And then, you know, we're done. We have left this sponsorship of the organization. We'll make this offer to, to those that um, have found themselves in that situation and then be able to move forward. Uh, Eric Hawkins, a spokesperson for the church said, that the contribution will provide opportunities to alleviate the suffering of those who have experienced abuse. Um, attorneys representing a, re, representing victims, along with a court-appointed group, believe that the proposed amount is not nearly enough for alleged victims of troops that were chartered by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So far, about 2,300 alleged sex abuse victims reported being a part of a troop that was affiliated with a religious organization. But they're still just in the searching out and finding and, and all that. So 
So, and I, and in my boy scout, I just didn't have that bad of a, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have that bad of a situation. The worst thing we learned how to do was uh, like light our, light our farts on fire. <laughs> Blue right, darts, as we right, call yeah, them. Right, right. Or like playing with firecrackers. I remember that was yeah, our yeah. big thing. Playing, throwing firecrackers into the, 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 the flames and really ticking your scoutmaster off or something like that. That but, was but, but so to all that, I think that the uh, the leadership of the church saw the writing on the wall that mm-hmm. this was going to continue to persist. And for a lot of people who are like, well, why did we leave the Boy Scouts? What a great organization that gave structure to the young boys and all that stuff. I, I think that church leaders would agree with you. But because of the liability issue of continuing to be affiliated with an organization that for a very long time, I don't believe it's the case, this case at all. Uh, well, I shouldn't say at all, but I think that they have minimized this nearly as much as they can now today in 2021, but, you know, 40 years ago, even 30 years ago, heck, even 20 years ago, when they have these files of individuals who that they, they have sort of labeled as dangerous and these people are able to continue to be, you know, boy scouts, scout troop leaders and yeah. scout masters and those kind of things like I, just I kind of gets swept under the rug and everything. Yeah. And, and ultimately the, the values of scouting is becomes more secular and I, and whatever those secular values, they start to divert. And, and, and even though they're similar, they, they kind of need to be separated and it's probably good. I know it was probably hard for a lot of, a lot of people who, um, you know, really invested a lot of their time in the young men's, programs into scouting i know it was a big deal for a lot of people on on uh, you know if i knew from school growing up who really um really invested into scouting um and and i, I can see it being a hard thing but it, it's a, ultimately a good thing you know the... yeah uh shifting gears completely um the another one of the temples that you can go through as an open house right now is the pocatello idaho temple uh, people can do that up and until the 23rd of October, uh, that open house is going on. So you can go out, enjoy that. If you're in that area, uh, a certain amount of highlight has been given um, both within um, general conference, as well as the social media channels of the church about people continuing to help with uh, hurricane Ida victims. Um, those that are in the Slidell, Hammond, and Gonzalez area of Louisiana, just neighbor, these neighborhoods that were just devastated and decimated by the storms. And members of the church go in. We you know we we put on our yellow shirts or our yellow vests. We say, "Hey, we're here to serve." And and what do you need? And people almost don't believe it when we say, "Yeah, let's let's just let us help a, uh, you know, muck out your basement. Let us you know take down your moldy drywall, whatever the thing would be." And and uh, continues to get you know, coverage and support from those within the media. I know you had maybe one more story. No, nope, I'm out. I'm You're done. Out. I'm okay. tapped out. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, there is uh, uh, the groundbreaking for the temple in Niafu. Uh, this is in Tonga, um, the second temple. Uh, this took place on the 11th of September and pretty cool um, that the king and queen participated in the groundbreaking for this particular temple. Now, if people don't know, uh, one of the princes of Tonga is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, a convert. Uh, and there was, uh, we reported on it here in the cultural hall, a little bit of a hubbaloo, hubbaloo 
uh, when hubba, he went hubbub hubbubaloo anyway yeah yeah when he went to go be baptized the, the i think the first go round as i understand it like officials were like no 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 nope nope and then there was not like disownment but a whole lot of like hey are we really sure we're doing this from the king to the prince uh and and then finally you know obviously with them helping with the groundbreaking we can understand that a lot of those things have sort of been put to rest but it's very very you know beautiful backdrop and setting as they bring in the the mounds of dirt for people to shift and then they take the damp mounds of dirt out and then start building the actual temple that's a destination place i'd like to get to is tonga i think you should definitely let's hold you back let's do it well there's all kinds of things holding me back like money and time and covid and (laughs) Okay. okay 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 well well then then don't do it. Then don't do fine, it, Mr. Fine, Mayor. Don't. Fine. If you're going to put if you're going to put in all those, you know, if you're going to put all those roadblocks in, maybe your someday could be tomorrow, Mr. Maybe. Mayor. Well, we keep wanting to come. We spend all our money coming back to Utah. I always yeah. say if we move back to Utah, we'd probably travel all over the place. Right. <laughs> well, and I would like to say I happen to know that you came here and didn't see me, but I'll fight you about that uh, another time when we have. No, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. I, I, it's fine. I know. No, I it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. I'll be uh, back. I promise. Uh, BYU uh, ranked in the top 10, their football team. It's pretty awesome. They also um, accepted into the Big 12, which is a big deal, big conference. Uh, that won't really officially kick off until the 2023-2024 season. So that Big 12 must have made some concessions with Sunday games or something. No, nope, college football doesn't play on Sunday. And At all? Nope, never. And BYU, okay. and BYU this will This is how still, much I know. That's <laughs> how much I watch college football. And BYU uh, will, you know, any sort of conference in any sort of sport where um, Sunday is a requisite, they'll, they have said, well, you know, we'll take the loss or if that means it will eliminate, they will never play on that particular Sunday. Um, also, Tanner McKee, the quarterback for Stanford, member of the church, served a mission, says, you know what? Serving a mission made me tougher. That's why I'm able to be the quarterback of Stanford. I'm just blowing through stories real quick right now. If you have not watched uh, Lula Rich over on Netflix. Oh, I, I need to. I've seen four part series about Lula Rowe and the way that the church is interwoven into how the these people like motivate people to try and be entrepreneurs and sell these leggings and other clothing. It, it's a little disgusting the way that they take, you know, the principles of the church and weave them and sort of uh, uh, give what spiritual knot is not the word uh, that I'm like, um, you know, the gesture and you do it. And it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm a member of the church too, but we don't have to say we're both members. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. Not posturing. I remember years ago, this is Amway, but some well, some guy at my dad's house trying to get him to sell Amway. Virtue signaling him, is the word. That's what I was trying signaling. to think of. Go ahead. Sorry. Amway. Anyway, so I'm sure it's similar. It's probably not exactly the same, but this guy um, who I know who I won't say his name. I know his name, but he basically was was saying that, hey, we're living the law of consecration. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. But my dad said, I remember my dad, who who could sometimes speak his mind pretty well. He said, I don't think you understand what the law of consecration is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, 
Well, there's something going on with that comment that I don't get, but later in life now I look back on it and go, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, good, good for your dad. Yeah, I think anytime that you mix religion with really anything like that, like for, for prosperity, I mean, we did that whole episode about affinity fraud. Anytime that people are like, well, you know, a great way you can nourish and strengthen your family, like those kind of things, yeah. it's like, gross, don't, don't do that. Yeah. It can be a business and maybe it's a great business, et cetera. I'm not going to speak about any of that, but like, don't weave it into like, I, I also went to this thing. This is 15 years ago um, for a particular um, fruit juice, as ridiculous as that may be, where I heard the owner who's a member of the church literally bear his testimony about how he knew that this particular fruit juice cured cancer. And delivered in such a way that it sounded like, you know, you could transplant it and put it on any given Sunday morning, the first Sunday of the month. And I was like, this is inappropriate. Yeah, absolutely. The the way that this is happening, this is inappropriate, which isn't to speak about the product or anything like that. The delivering it in a way that you that you mesh the lines of religion and business and utilizing people's faith to to manipulate them to buy your product. All I can think of is if your product isn't good enough to sell on its own, it's not a good enough product. Right. You know what I mean? If right. you have to do these things, um, all you've done is found a, a great way to sell a crappy product. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more sports things and then, then maybe we're done. How does that sound? Because I'll, I'll save the horrible stories for the next time we do news. And there are a few and I do want to get into them, but. Um, Notre Dame and BYU going to be playing in Las Vegas next year. I think I'm going to go to this game. If I can, I think I'm going to go down. That's, that's gotta be a huge clash. The, the, the Catholics against the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or formerly, I would have said the Catholics against the Mormons but. in Sin City. <laughs> yeah, no, in, in Las Vegas, where, you know, a large portion of Mormons live are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and then there, finally this, and we'll leave it on this, I think. This is where we end it. You remember, do you know who Manti Teo is, Ma- Andrew? No. So Manti Teo is a football player. He actually played for Notre Dame, member of oh, the Oh, see, church. I love, I, I do college football so well. Yeah, We've yeah. proven already yes. how well yeah, I know we don't play college football. Um, so Manti Teo, famously, pretty, pretty good player for Notre Dame, but that's not what made him famous. He was catfished in a big way. Uh, and you remember then, that. And, I do remember that. Now. And then it came to light that he had been catfish and super embarrassing and all of these things. Well, uh, there is an article where apparently he's married now. Uh, and to a real woman, to a real woman. <laughs> and, and, and that's the problem, right? He, he was actually a pretty good football player and, you know, a, a pretty decent, like kind hearted guy who just got sort of swept up, but all people will ever remember about him is that he was catfished and, and that there was not actually a woman on the other end of all these messages that he had. And now he's married and people are recirculating it because it it was in just the last couple months that he got married, beautiful woman. uh, And, and all signs um, point that they got married in a temple um, based on like their social media posts around it and all that stuff, whether they did or they didn't, I don't know. They get to pick and it's up to them, but the, you know, the posts make it look that way anyway. And, um, and, and it's just so fascinating that 
even on his personal things as he's you know married and and all this stuff people but you've been in the same room with her right but but you know who she is right did she come on the honeymoon honeymoon with you man and and people just hopefully he leans into it and hopefully he leans into it and because it's funny you could take it's kind of like uh al fox caraway you know Mm -hmm. you could totally take this that i'm the tattooed mormon right Mm -hmm. and just totally uh um like take offense at all that because people will have or you could just lean into it and you could say do you know what this has actually defined me and made me who i am kind of thing so hopefully that's what he'll take out of it because yeah that's a hard thing to do and people won't let it go he'll be he'll be at you know at his grandson's farewell and someone will walk out and say hey you know is this your grandson you you really know who he is you know (laughs) yeah is it you have a real grandson going on a mission today? You know, I mean, someone sure will make that's that comment. Him? Are you sure? Yeah, of course. They'll make it in, in humor and jest, but it, it'll never leave him. It'll be yeah. something that he has to deal with all of his life. All right. Let's see if you're better at this than you are at college football. Here we go. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you are healthy enough to, to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. Good job, Mr. Mayor. In, in the meantime, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, Chocolate Cake Bites podcast, and Brother Brent, uh, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat.